Friends podcast. I'm your host, Katherine Singer. I'm a Christian writer and blogger living in the beautiful state of Alaska. I'm also a trauma survivor and a mental health advocate. I've been through some tough things in my life, and I'm sure you have too. Grace Moments is about helping you hold on to belief in your darkest hours, embrace hope by knowing your suffering is never wasted, and be inspired by the stories of others who have survived their own tragedy. Life, however difficult, can be a meaningful journey, and I'm here to walk it with you, so let's do this together. Let's face it, friends. Leaning into feelings is hard. They can be unruly, awkward, and often unexpected. They can bring with them uninvited emotions that we want to push away, afraid of what will happen if we let them out full send. For those struggling with mental health, this inner tension is frequent over how to handle feelings and to make room for the presence of emotions, and it can be overwhelming. Today we're going to get a little uncomfortable and talk honestly about facing these ebbs and flows of our internal lives and why emotions themselves aren't actually bad. In fact, they are needed and necessary. We've got a lot to cover today, so let's get started. Working in the field of mental health, I'm used to being a student of human nature. I observe people, listen to people, talk with people, and try to help people find a way through to hope. And one thing that never fails to puzzle me both about those I work with and also about myself, is that we all have a very complicated relationship with our feelings and emotions. It's very much a love-hate situation where we validate but also suppress them, depending on the circumstances. They give us a sense of feeling human, but they also drive us nuts at the same time. We try to hold back how we feel, but we also give way to how we feel all the time. We keep our emotions to ourselves, but we also give them free reign. It's weird and it's embarrassing, but it's comforting, yet confusing. And round and round we go, unsure if we should let the dam break and display what is trying to come free within us, or if we should choke it in and pretend like we've got it together, disguise what's really going on. It's one of the first phrases we hear spoken over us when we are young. It's okay, don't cry. Moms and dads and grandparents and friends all say it, regardless of what the cause is. Skinned knee? Don't cry. Upset stomach? Don't cry. Mean treatment by a friend? Don't cry. Death of a pet? Don't cry. Imagine scaries in the bedroom at night? Don't cry. Whatever the scenario might be, we are taught from an early age to pull it together. That strength is a virtue that it's a point of pride to hold in your feelings because only the weak ever let themselves go like that. And I get why the parents and the older influences in our life tell us that. They want us to learn how to be tough and to handle things, and they also meet it as a complete comfort too. But what I've started wondering is if our society has carried this idea too far. I'll give you an example to show you what I mean. I've always loved watching videos of reuniting, of military homecomings, loved ones returning for the holidays, and people surprising their significant other. There's something heartwarming about dear ones finally able to hold each other close, to express their love for one another in person after lengthy separations, to reform community after being absent, because we all, after all, were never meant to do life alone, 
Often when I watch these, I get a tear in my eye and a smile on my face as parents hug their children, married couples kiss one another, dating couples cuddle like they'll never let go, siblings sob into the arms of their brother or sister that's just come back. It's touching. But I find it strange that so often when the room is charged with emotion and feelings are spilling out all over the place, somebody there without fail will say it out loud to another. It's okay. Don't cry. We all know they mean well. Don't be sad because I'm here now. Let's be happy we're back together. I get it. But is it actually true that all emotions and feelings are bad? Is it necessary to assume that there can't be tears of joy as well as sadness? When I put myself in these people's shoes and when I remember being part of reunions such as these in my own life, I can understand why the feelings would spill out and I know I've always seen it as a sign of loving depth and how much I care for somebody, that I would visibly show my emotions in a sad or glad moment because I'm affected just that much. But rather than let the moment play out and give the feelings some space, make room for the emotions to express themselves, someone inevitably tries to shut things down, to tell everyone to pull it together instead of letting them do so when they're ready. Instead of giving them their time and letting the tears cleanse and the nonverbal speak, it's as though someone got uncomfortable and now has to hurry everyone back into the composed zone as soon as possible. This isn't a knock on anyone, just an observation that's gotten me thinking about how we address the ups and downs of our internal expression, how we deal with the world that is our feelings and emotions, because we're funny about these things, aren't we? We assume there will be certain emotions at a wedding or funeral, but will at the same time say to those involved, it's okay, don't cry. Or if we're the ones that have gotten emotional, we'll apologize for getting all in our feels, like it's something to be ashamed of. While we know that feelings and emotions are a part of life, we also look for ways to keep them at bay and ignore them, even to the point of being unhealthy. For the good or bad, it seems as though we're uncertain of how to allow ourselves the room to deal with our ever-changing moods and forms of expression. Every one of us is born with some emotional element and ability to feel. Some are more sensitive and can be moved, negatively or positively, by almost anything at any moment, while others are more reserved and it takes a lot to get them in their feels. Neither one is bad, just a fact. And God put us all on this planet together to help each other see things differently to get the more reserved ones to give themselves permission to dive into the world of feelings and give in to them once in a while, and to help the sensitive ones to have stability thanks to the steadier ones who aren't as quick to have their emotions affected. There's a place and a purpose for wherever we all fall on the emotional scale. We were created to be emotional beings, to feel things. Refuse to admit that you were created to respond to life on some emotional level and you end up like some Scrooge that's been disconnected from humanity. And I believe it was Sabaa Tahir that once noted that if you lock away such things and ignore them, they just get louder and angrier, because feelings always find a way out, for better or for worse. If you think that it's not all right to make room for feelings, all you have to do is open the scriptures themselves to find countless examples of people openly displaying their humanity. We see Esau and Jacob in Genesis 33:4 weeping as they embrace each other years after Jacob fled his twin's anger at having been given the patriarchal blessing, reunited in forgiveness and familial love. 
We see Joseph in Genesis 43.30 excusing himself to privately weep for joy after being reunited with his brothers in Egypt, particularly in chapter 45.14, as he sees his younger brother Benjamin, who he was very fond of, weeping on his neck and Benjamin on Joseph's, and then weeping publicly in front of them all in Genesis 50 as they beg his forgiveness for selling him into slavery, and he embraces his now elderly father Jacob. We see David in 1 Samuel 30, verse 4, after he and his men arrive at Ziklag and find out that the Amalekites have burned the city and taken captive all their loved ones and carried them away, shedding tears until they had lost strength to cry any more. 1 Samuel 10:41 also notes the intense emotion of David following his receiving the news that his best friend Jonathan had been killed. And in other passages, particularly in the Psalms, we see him recording many other times when his tears were a common companion. We see Job expressing that his face is red with weeping as he endures the loss of both his children, property, and health. We see Peter, in Luke twenty-two sixty-two, weeping bitterly out of shame and guilt after having denied Christ three times, and Mary Magdalene in John twenty eleven shedding tears of grief at the tomb of Christ before he meets her in the garden and reveals his resurrected self to her. But perhaps the most powerful example of all is Christ himself. The Bible notes three times when emotions were displayed in human form by God. Once in Luke 19.41, where Jesus weeps over Jerusalem and its impending destruction following his ascension into heaven. Another time in the Garden of Gethsemane as he prepared to face the cross. And also at the grave of Lazarus as he shared in the pain of his friends Mary and Martha, even as he knew he would raise Lazarus back to life. Jesus wept. What other permission do we need to lean into our feelings than to realize that the maker of heaven and earth leaned into his emotions too? That even as he knew the truth of feelings not being the sole guiding point, he still made room for them, acknowledged them. Even as he asked his father to let the cup of suffering pass from him, he still admitted that his soul was sorrowful even unto death. Feelings are not fact, and faith must always be greater than any one fickle emotional response, but feelings are a necessary part of life. They cleanse us, validate our humanity, draw us into vulnerability, and relate us closer to the Savior. Without feelings or emotions of any sort, we are unhuman, callous, detached. Go search any concordance and look in the back of any Bible, and you'll see countless references for tears, weeping, anger, joy, and all the wide spectrum we encounter along this path called life. It's all there, because it's always been there, and we were made to sense these things in our soul, to be wired so as to connect as living beings to the experiences, good or bad, that make up our story. After all, Ecclesiastes 3.4 said there was a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance, And I would venture to say that a time to weep doesn't always mean sadness. Neither does a time to dance mean celebration. It's possible to weep out of joy, just as it's possible to dance in the pain. So why make it embarrassing, inappropriate, uncomfortable to respond naturally? Why tell people it's not okay to express themselves emotionally on some level? Is comfort really about telling people all the time to suck it up? If so, somebody explain how we're supposed to weep with those who weep if weeping isn't even allowed. It's something we all need to rethink and candidly ask ourselves. From my point of view, I propose that 
The reserved ones need to stop stifling the feelings of the sensitive ones all the time. Let them express themselves and don't feel the need to shut them up just because it's gotten too feely for you. After all, Nicholas Sparks wasn't wrong when he said that the emotion that breaks your heart is sometimes the very one that heals it. And why would we prevent somebody from finding the mending their heart needs just because we don't think it's okay to let them let it all out once in a while? On the other hand, sensitive ones need to discern when it's time to let yourself really go and when you need to check those strong feelings at the door and hold it together. There will be times when it isn't the time to let all those feelings out and you need to be strong, but always make room and time to let those emotions out when it is appropriate. Don't stuff them all the time. We serve a God who puts our tears in his bottle, who counts every sigh, who feels every joy and sorrow as if it were his own, who walked this earth and saw death and celebration alike, who wasn't afraid to show his humanity even as he maintained his divinity, who made sure that his holy word records all the ebbs and flows of human life so we would know that it's okay to feel all these things because everyone else has felt them also and we are never alone. So perhaps we face emotions a little different. Perhaps we acknowledge them more before we pull it together. For the skin knee or the meat treatment by a friend or the death of a pet, perhaps we talk about it as children are little. Instead of saying don't cry, maybe we approach it by admitting that such things do hurt, and they stink, and life just plain rips you in two. For the nighttime scaries, we come lie in the dark with them and say, I get scared too. Fear is natural for all of us. For the joyful occasions when reunions happen and the happy tears flow, we see them as a sign of great relief and celebration instead of telling someone they can't cry because this is a happy thing. Joseph in the Bible cried over a happy thing too, remember? I get it. Leaning into feelings is hard, and it's awkward, and it's complex and unruly, and sometimes we get tired of going round and round with our good and bad responses to everything. But we need to understand that emotions are a part of life. We cannot deny or ignore them, because God built us to feel to be moved by all the ugly, beautiful, and the happy, sad of this crazy world we live in, to be touched by what we experience and relate to. Emotions are okay. In fact, they're more than okay. Because as long as we don't let them drive us to wound and hurt and pull away and turn inward in the loneliest of ways, they actually help us learn the way even more, the way of a feeling father who knows what we feel and has placed his capacity inside of us for us to be affected by the people and things in this life. We are not robots, but living beings made in his image. To push this aside is to try to be something other than what he's created, and this is nearly impossible to do. Stuff your feelings, and your feelings will end up stifling you. C.S. Lewis put it well when he observed, No natural feelings are high or low, holy or unholy in themselves. They are all holy when God's hand is on the rain. They all go bad when they set up on their own and make themselves into false gods. Yes, bringing them under the reign of God always. This is what it means to befriend these untamable things called feelings. How to lean in when you want to get overwhelmed with all the feels. When you question if you should let yourself go or pretend like you don't feel at all. When you sense yourself apologizing for let it all spill out when it kind of feels uncool to do so. If God is Lord of all your feelings, then whatever you're feeling, 
be it joy or sorrow, make space for it in your life. This is that time for that Ecclesiastes spoke about. You won't always feel this way. Days of happiness turn to days of tragedy in a flash, and don't I know, it's happened to me more times than I can count. But give yourself permission to acknowledge those emotions as being valid. Ride the wave and remember that, as Lewis so eloquently stated yet again, though our feelings come and go, God's love for us does not. Part of living the authentic life is to not be ashamed of how you feel and why you feel and what you feel, to make room for all the feels and to let your emotions show your humanity. After all, our Savior did it so well, and if we really want to be more like Him, if we own that we've been made in His likeness, then maybe His question to Mary Magdalene in the garden as she wept outside the tomb is a valid one. Why are you weeping? Maybe all he was really trying to get her to do was to bring the feelings into the open. Name her emotion for what it was. Tell the risen yet suffering Savior all. And in bringing the hidden to light, he follows the question up with a simple yet profound move. Naming you. Reminding you that feelings are all right. That God isn't scared of them and neither should you be. Or anyone else for that matter. Communication of feelings brings regulation to feelings writes author Ann Voskamp. Emotion literally means to move. Emotions are meant to move us toward each other and God, move us to be responsive to each other, move to vulnerability. Co-regulation soothes agitation. Sharing the weight of your feelings with another soul regulates your feelings, bringing balance to your soul. Let's make space for how we feel this week. Friends, whatever emotions may spring up and Whatever feelings may rise, keep coming back to the truth that the one who loves you most never shies away from them, and you don't have to either, because love is gently proving it will enter the messy unafraid. Thanks so much for listening. If you liked what you heard on today's episode, please subscribe to this podcast as well as leave a review. If you want to read additional content, please visit and subscribe to my blog, www.graceopens.blogspot.com You can also connect with me on social media via Twitter at OpenToGrace2015, Instagram and Parlor at OpenToGraceAlaska, and on MeWe under my name, Katherine Singer. I'll see you in the next episode, and remember, Grace will always meet you where you are. Music